0: Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about driving innovation. We're chatting with Dawn Dixon Apogony an inventor and serial entrepreneur who's disrupting the retail industry with her smart vending technology company, PopCom. Welcome to Sisters Inc, Dawn, and thank you so much for sitting down with us.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great to see you again, one of my faves.
0: Thank you, you're definitely one of my faves too. I love talking to you. The conversations are always good. Um, so today, I want to really get to like the bottom of your mindset, because I think that that's one of the most fascinating things about you. Um, you're a technical founder. You have a bachelor's degree in information technology. How and when did you get into tech?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great, let me think back to this. Okay, 2000, 2000. So 20 years ago, I went to school for IT. And that was after I went to school for journalism. Um, at the Ohio State University. And I got into tech because as a, as a student in the journalism department and working at a news station, I started to see how the internet was disrupting media. And I wanted to be competitive in the job force. So I had no intentions of being entrepreneur yet. I wasn't thinking about starting a business. I just wanted to be competitive because if anyone knows about journalism and media, you don't get paid a lot when you first start out, especially in 2000. And as many skills as you could have um, would just would just be helpful. And so I was working at a news station um, part-time when I was in, in college in my major. And I was the only, um, my job was to FTP, FTP the news onto the server after the news. There was no such thing as live streaming yet. And so you had to upload the news after the cast was over and then they would replay it online. And I just thought that was so interesting because I was the only person there who could do this. Um, it was the IT guy in me. And I felt that if I could have more tech skills, I could be more competitive. And it just sent me down a rabbit hole that um, changed my life. So going
0: off to get your second degree in technology, what did you think you would do, you know, when you grew up or for a living with that education?
1: I still was thinking I would be, you know, be in media. I, I definitely wanted to be a VJ. I want to be like La La, and, you know, all the women on BET back in the day. But I knew that I had to work my way up to that. And so I figured I could use my technology skills to work up in the background at the station and until I would be able to get like in front of the camera and get that the job that I wanted. So I didn't know that it was gonna take me where it took me. But when I was in school, um, I learned how to build websites. And this, again, this is before Wix, before templates, you had to hard code every website. There was no easy way to to build a website. It was very expensive as well. And I learned how to build websites. So I started to feel like this would be a thing for me that I could do. And so I started seeing myself and my interests change as I was in school.
0: So what you did end up doing was become a serial entrepreneur. You're a four-time founder. um, And now you're the CEO of Popcom, which the oversimplified version is that you make smart vending machines. But I'm going to let you tell us about the technology behind it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, we actually are a software company. We, we make the software that makes the vending machine smart. We don't actually make the machine. We partner with vending manufacturers to integrate our software to make their hardware smarter, be able to collect customer data at the point of sale, including age, gender, emotions, engagements, calculate conversion rates, deliver targeted content. So, just imagine all the tools available on Google Analytics and Shopify and e commerce, bringing those those tools to the real world and to uh, the vending environment and that's what we do we give retailers the tools that they're used to because vending is so antiquated and there's such a lack of data and innovation in the vending space we really want to bring that innovation to allow retailers to sell direct to customer and close the last mile faster using vending machines
0: so most people even wildly successful people and even some entrepreneurs aren't actually reinventing the wheel but as an entrepreneur you are literally creating things um, that didn't exist before um the last time we spoke you said something that has stuck with me since then which is that when you were thinking about founding popcom you were looking for a big new problem to Mm -hmm. solve and i would love for you to expound on that and and the mindset behind you know how you approach what you do
1: yeah definitely so um my first company is two thousand. It was in two thousand and one. It was it was a media outlet uh, using tech. It was a website. Uh, we had a very strong marketing. You know that was our the backbone was early days of marketing and and, and uh, online community building. So I did that and it did well. And I made good money from ads and email blasts. But I wasn't a millionaire. Then I started um, flat out of heels, which is um, you know my rollable flats company for women when their feet hurt in heels. And, you know, once again, it's a very good business, uh, definitely still in business, celebrating our 10th year um, where e-commerce, but I still was itching for like a bigger problem to solve. I wanted to really disrupt an industry, but I didn't really know what yet. I just would tell God, like, give me something, give me a big idea. And so the big idea, the aha moment came from me selling flat out of heels and vending machines and then me experiencing the pain point of not being able to collect user information, send receipts, remarket, retarget, engage with my customers from the vending world online. And I said, okay, this is a big problem. And I always wanted to, like, I would see other entrepreneurs with these businesses that were very disruptive and scaling fast in tech. And I was itching to get into tech, deep tech, you know, I, I, working with face recognition and blockchain and artificial intelligence. I was dying to get into these things, but I didn't have a path forward. So once I experienced that problem with PopCom, I was like, wow, this is it. I can take all of these things that I'm dying to work with and implement them into an industry that hasn't been disrupted at all. And that could scale widely. And everyone in tech knows that software is the most scalable type of business that you can start because it can be sold all over the world with a license. And so to be able to build a software company to solve a big problem and to have the potential of growing a billion dollar business was very attractive.
0: It's almost to me like the opposite of what I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say. Like they have some product that they want to do or some service that they want to do, something that's like their baby. And they're like, I just want to see this thing come into the world. You, on the other hand, are like, I- I'm just like looking at problems and give me a big idea please lord like i'm um, do you think that you think differently than other people
1: maybe i just love a challenge um i remember i had a corporate job for 8 months out of college while i was studying for my um, ba in it i had i had a job um and i remember that i was making really good money i it was like the dream, right? But I was not challenged. It was too easy. It was going to work and just being bored. And I was getting my work. I was breezing through the work. I, I just am the kind of person that needs hard. I need I need a challenge. I need to be, I need to have to like really muddle over something. And so everything else was just, a little, just too easy for me. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it, it keeps me going. If it was too easy, I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to stick to it.
0: Well, that, that's almost a perfect segue, because I was recently reading something that you posted on Medium, and you found you know the note you wrote to yourself when you first decided to pursue PopCom full-time back in 2016, and it was all about um, no's and how no's don't dissuade you. Um, as a matter of fact, you said that you never see no as the end result unless you choose for it to be. Yes. Is that like your motto to entrepreneurship? Yeah.
1: I've been like that since a kid though. Like for me no means not right now. That's it. It doesn't mean never, it means not right now at this second. It could mean yes tomorrow. So, you know, I've always been very persistent and very and very driven and if if an entrepreneur or someone with a dream or a vision allows people no's or doubts or um, just any of the naysay to discourage you, you'll fall apart immediately because there's been everything I've ever done successfully, multiple people have told me it wasn't a good idea and it wasn't going to succeed. Everything I've done, have, I've been told I wasn't going to be able to do it. So that, that definitely motivates me because I like proving people wrong too.
0: That's a good feeling. It is. So um, you know, as as I just mentioned, you started to really focus on it in 2016. Innovation does not happen overnight. Uh, you just got your first patent yes. after four years of development, and uh, your pop shop machine, the prototype, is out. the The final versions are going to be shipping in 2021. Yes. What has this journey been like for you?
1: Very hard. But it's what I asked for, right? In the moments where I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible, I reminded myself, didn't you say you want to challenge? You like hard things. This is the hardest you can get. But it was really difficult for me because of the barrier to entry and the lack of knowledge and understanding on the industry. Even though I have a technical background, I'm not a coder or developer. I have a software company. So I did not build my code. So they actually consider me non-technical because I don't write code even though I have a deep understanding of technology, education and technology and experience, I don't code. And so they put me in that bucket and I had to learn so much. I didn't know anything about hardware. i never built hardware. My very first vending machine that we got built or me by myself, I was solo founder. I got it from on Alibaba from China. Uh, No, from Spain. The first one was from Spain. And when it, when it got to the United States, it didn't work at all because I didn't even know the qualifying questions to ask and the requirements to send them in order to make it do what I needed it to do. I just had, I was just clueless on so many levels and I learned so many things the hard way and the expensive way, making mistakes that costs money and, and, you know, taking losses, which I call lessons. So the entire journey from just having the idea to create a vending machine or a system to make vending machines smarter and then to design a vending machine that really disrupts um, the aesthetic of vending machines. I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't know how. And I learned how, like, as I was doing it the wrong way, and it took me four years and multiple team members and millions of dollars to, to get it right.
0: Well, speaking of millions of dollars, fundraising is uh, another one of the things that you speak about often. Um, And it's another area where you've had a non-traditional approach um, to fundraising and you've been super successful at it. Um, But why is it that you chose an alternative route?
1: Well, I, um, I raised my first, so I've raised money for all of my businesses, but I'll just focus on PopCom. I raised the first million for PopCom in the traditional way from institutional investors, venture capital, accredited angels, and accelerator programs. And I went through the whole process of, you know, the accelerator, raising money, pitching, and I didn't like it. I I didn't feel that the system as it stands today, the venture capital system was set up for early stage founders to win. And then I had to really understand the psychology and what venture capitalists for, and its they're there to make money. They're not there to help founders, it's not a charity, it's not a favor. They're there to produce a return for their LPs. They have to make investments at aggressive terms to get high returns so that their LPs are happy. They're not there, they're not social impact. They're not there to help founders and get us on track. They're not there to make sure that founders keep their control or equity. They're not there to support founders in a lot of ways. I mean, some do because they want to, but that's not the fundamental purpose of venture capitalists. And I just knew that at the time where I was at, I needed more than money. I needed mentorship and like nurturing investors who actually cared. I needed someone to educate me, who cared about um, me keeping control of my company. I wanted to. I just didn't like the way it was set up. It just, it just didn't feel right for me. And then what stuck out, stuck out for me a lot was a female founder, a black female founder that I look up to that she's very, very well-known, definitely a a pioneer. She told me that when she sold her company, the heart, one of the hardest things for her was when she had to write checks to people that didn't do anything for her or the business. They have preferred shares, which means they get paid out first, even before the founder. And many of them don't do anything. They just invest that early check and say, we're taking the risk and we're gonna get the highest reward. And so this woman worked her butt off, her and her team. And then when she exited, she had to give them a check first and they got a, a, a large amount of her exit. And that did not sit well with me. I said, if I'm gonna you know, grow this business and target an exit and, and wanna get out and, and you know, generate generational wealth for myself, I'm fine with spreading the wealth. I don't have to own 100%. But when I exit, I want to create wealth for people that look like me, people that are there to support me, and and people that believe in me and that that aren't predatory, is what I felt at the time. So that's why I decided to do crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding, to open up my company to the public, which means friends, family, essentially anyone that wanted to invest for a low amount and, and really remove that barrier to entry for just for Black people to be able to make investments in early stage companies. We were kept out of these deals since 1933 and the, the law didn't even change it to 2012 with the passing of the JOBS Act. And so I wanted to demonstrate how we could use group economics as a community to not only support Black business and buy Black, but invest in Black businesses and create Black wealth and generational wealth that we've been deprived of for generations, for generation, centuries at this point. And so this, it, it's, it's created like a, a trickle down now because after I became the first female founder, not just a black female, female founder to raise over a million dollars in a crowdfunding campaign, we've seen so many more campaigns come out successful. And I really feel like it's showing people, I feel like I'm respected in my industry. And so showing people that I did this gave them the, uh, the definitely just the, the, the courage or gave them, just to show them it can be done. And that, that, that makes me feel very, very happy.
0: That is absolutely true. It's one of the reasons I love talking to you. You disrupt not just the industry, but you disrupt the way that you, know, you go about doing it. Um, so I'm going to end with some gems from you. Your LinkedIn bio says that you are crazy enough to believe that you can actually change the world. And um, I want to know what are the keys for you, the things that you know that you need to have within yourself or that you need to surround yourself with in order to actually be able to do that?
1: Definitely faith, um, patience. These are two very important things, a community, which I have an amazing community around me between my friends, family, the investment community that I've created, um, support, you know, being able to be transparent. Definitely self-care. You know, I do a lot. I was telling a friend the other day, like, I have a life coach. I have an executive coach. I have a spiritual advisor. I have a marriage counselor. I have a family. Like, it's like I'm always getting coached and getting help because I know I don't know everything, and I know that I need support. And so that is how I'm going to be able to do this. It's not, it's not a one-person thing. Arlen Hamilton posted yesterday, there's no such thing as self-made. And I believe that very deeply. There's no such thing as self-made. Yeah, you can be self-motivated and you can go hard for yourself, but somebody and multiple people are going to have to open doors for you to get where you need to go. And I know there is no way possible for me to accomplish these very large goals that I have by myself. So that's I just need the the tribe to continue to stay um, by my side. That's it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dawn, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at her website, dawndixon.me, or the brand at popcom.shop. And you can follow her on Twitter at The or follow Popcom on social media at Popcom Tech. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise editors, writers, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show your love by leaving us a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.